0: what's up guys welcome to the guide series podcast we're back with episode three um and i got uh, our producer jake newby on uh with me now um man Mm -hmm. i'm missing missing gary the co-host i'm glad you can make uh i'm glad you can make it for the intro but missing gary this podcast everybody and uh he's he's in the fire academy so um he didn't he didn't make the rules uh when he when he can miss and can't miss so uh shout out to gary you're probably um you're probably currently dying doing – well, you're probably on your fifth push-up, but
1: <laughs> – I hope they're not making him do push-ups in there.
0: I know. Yeah, they, they definitely are. I don't think it's the push-ups that will get Gary. I think it's uh, – I think it's the crunches because he's got a milk bag and a half. Got the whole keg, baby. Yeah, he he does. So, uh, But, no, he's he's nails, and uh, so we're going to miss him this episode, so – um, but we got, uh, we got a good guest coming on and super excited. Um, and uh, hopefully we can get together and do some hunting. We've tried kind of like the last two seasons, Jake and I have, but, uh, we just, we just couldn't connect just, you know, one of them, uh, you know, fast and fury Arkansas, you know, last, you know, last, uh, text, last call resort at nine o'clock saying, Hey, what are you doing, buddy? And you're full already. So uh, it's just kind of the way it's worked out on both sides with this guest but um, you know so anyway uh, Jake you want to talk about uh, kind of you know not the we won't name drop any guests but you want to talk about just the podcast and how oddly uh, weird that it's grown
1: yeah it it is oddly grown in the past like I guess a week or so really but we're just trying to put out good content for you guys and keep it real and We've booked some guys that we think to come on to the show that think that they're a pretty good fit for that. They keep it real. So we're excited to have them on and keep it, you know, 100.
0: We won't name drop uh, any right now. But with the next guest, um, when we bring him on, um, we are going to – we're going to reveal next week's guest, and it's a pretty big one. Um, but I want to focus on the one that we got today Because it's more important at the time being And I can't wait to get after it with him So, uh, Jake, any last notes before we shut it down? Uh, the guy the guy that's coming on today is a stud I'm so
1: pumped to listen So, I hope everybody else is too That's all I'll say Alright,
0: stay tuned, here he comes <music> he is 19 years old from Jessonia, arkansas he played both sides of the ball in high school as a slot receiver and cornerback he also hunted so many days of turkey season that his teacher thought he had dropped out of his senior year he oddly told me he has a three-inch wrench but he makes up for it with a big old heart wizard behind the camera just a solid, solid dude. Everybody, please welcome my boy, Cade Tricky. Cade, welcome to the Guide Series podcast, baby. What's going on?
2: What's up, man? How's it going?
0: It is going good. Dog days of summer, hot, but you know, gotta grind through it.
2: Man, they can't be over soon enough.
0: Uh, do you uh I th- I feel like my introduction is a little underappreciated, appreciated right no, now.
2: No, it was pretty solid. That was pretty solid.
0: Man, you know what? Uh, we won't have a lot of wrench talk on the podcast but <laughs> the fact that your wrench got mentioned on it and it'd probably be the only one uh, that it's got to mean something so we'll, on, keep, we'll, we'll keep the wrench talk to a minimum on the podcast viewers but uh, anyway man but I'm super excited you can come on um, yeah, man, thanks this, for having this, me. this podcast is uh, it, it's it's grown it's it's oddly grown I couldn't really handle the media side the social media side of it and you know, Jake, Jake, say what up, boy. I got Jake, our producer. He's on with us, hey, just kind of listening on. to audio. What's going on, Jake? What's going on, boys? Um, he's kind of run the social media account and, and whatnot right now. So he's done a bunch of work, and I'm glad he can get on this call. Um, so anyway, uh, man, we got a bunch of questions to ask you. Um, you know, you're from you're – from, how do you say it? I looked up a YouTube video today. And it, it was it was it was this guy. Uh, it was this policeman. I guess you guys had a flood. Well, you guys always have floods, but you guys have Hopefully. you had a really bad flood. Um, I guess a couple years ago. And I was listening to the police officer's statement, and the only way I could get someone to say Jud Judsonia, Arkansas, was listen to this YouTube video. Before. Oh my god! <laughs> yeah, it's I,
2: Judsonia, just Jud-, Jud Judsonia. Yeah, that flood was 2011 when it got real bad here.
0: Gotcha. I yeah, gotcha. Well, see, I know a bunch of boys from, uh, for, they're going to kill me. I got to think about this on the podcast. I got a bunch of boys from uh, Palestine. No, Palestine. No. Yeah. Yeah. Palestine, because it's not Palestine. No, yeah. So, you know, if you don't get it right, you know, if you don't get it right, you just get frowned upon. It's whatever, man. So, anyway, but man, thanks for coming on. Um, you know, tell us a little bit about yourself. You know, you're 19 years old, you're a young guy in the outdoor industry, and it pumps me up just talking about it. You know, where did you get your passion, your spark from?
2: Um, man, it goes back. Uh, I don't know, it's kind of hard to pinpoint the first time I've been hunting since I can remember. The first time I remember going uh, squirrel hunting with my dad, I don't even remember how old I was. Uh, I remember we, we killed a few squirrels. I obviously didn't shoot anything. I was too young to shoot, but I remember setting up a can in the backyard when we got done. Shoot my dad's 12 gauge, and that's the first time I remember actually going hunting. But I've been deer hunting ever since then. Deer hunting before I could, before I could shoot, uh, sitting in the stand with my dad, and uh, I did that in my early years. And I really didn't get into duck hunting. Um, honestly, I didn't go on my first duck hunt until I was in like sixth grade, maybe 12, 11, 12. However, however old you are in sixth grade, I don't remember. Yeah,
0: um, it wasn't too long really, ago for you because you're only 19. So
2: yeah, so really <laughs> I haven't been doing the waterfowl thing for real, real long time. Um, maybe four or five years. Um, I'd say three years. Pretty,
0: pretty hard going to at it strong for three yep. years. I got you, um, man. Because most most of the time, people think of Arkansas, they think of ducks. You know, flooded fields, flooded rice fields, flooded timber. But the deer, the yep. deer hunting there is actually underrated, is it not?
2: It is. It is, especially on the east part of the state. Um, down in the bottoms, they do. We grow some big deer. Uh, you go up to the northwest part part of the state, get in the hills, you run in some what they call hill deer um and obviously they're not they're not the same quality of deer but but yeah man, my dad, my family, nobody in my family was was a duck hunter um I'm actually the only one, so I didn't really have anybody to get me into it until I was old enough to to make some buddies and uh I had a guy that went to my church that started taking me on youth hunts whenever I was old enough for that oh, that's
0: you know awesome. that's
2: when I really started, but I didn't really start going on my own and getting into it. For real, until I was old enough to drive. About, I think when I turned 16, um, I was old enough to drive. There's a little refuge in Bald Knob um, down the road, just hop, skip, and a jump from my front door. And we would go down there, and it's it's walk in four wheeler only. You don't have to have a boat, so it made it easy on us. We'd go down there with with our uncle's four wheeler and, right. uh, and, and shoot some spoonbills bills and some rice fields. And uh, that's really where my waterfowl passion
0: sparked. Hey, spoonie, Spoonies start everything. They they get they get you they get you going when it comes to waterfowl hunting because they they can get silly some days. Mm-hmm. So some days in the rice field they get silly. That's right. Um, man. So you know, not to base this on waterfowl this podcast on waterfowl hunting, but we will talk a little bit about it. Um, you're also a huge turkey hunter. You have killed some. Big old turkeys. And, and you've traveled around, too. So, tell us about um, you and turkey hunting. When did you get started doing that? Who got yeah. you into it? Yeah.
2: Um, if you made me choose, I would say turkey hunting. That's my that's my true love. Uh, Is I, it really? I, if I could only have one, it would be turkeys. Wow. I love duck hunting, uh, but but turkeys, there's something about springtime. If you give me six months of spring, I would never have to shoot a duck the rest of my life.
0: No kidding. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> you know what? They're, uh, you Arkansas boys get silly for some turkeys <laughs> because over here Ooh. where Jake and I, you know, we're, we're in middle Tennessee, and, man, there's turkeys everywhere. Actually, the other day I was just riding down the road, and right after rain I was just scanning fields, driving along, three big old toms, still fanned Ooh. out, beards dragging, and that's just something you see every day, is it not, Jake? Ooh. I'm still seeing turkeys, like spring turkeys. I I swear they're all over the place so but you boys you guys get ill for some turkeys
2: dude that doesn't happen down here I can count on one hand how many turkeys I've seen from the road this year
0: really yeah yeah they're they're
2: far and few between um and and you call me crazy I don't know why turkeys are my favorite but hunting in the mountains um man I don't know there's just something about it that, that I love
0: so Arkansas correct me if I'm wrong Arkansas turkey season is eight eight days?
2: In in the zone that I live in, it's eight days. You get one weekend. Cool. It opens on a Monday and runs through the next whatever the eight days would be after that. I'm not very good at math. I'd be
0: se- <laughs> I'd be selling my turkey stuff because them them turkeys give me enough of a headache as it is anyway, and I don't need one just for eight for eight days. But yeah, but brutal. but but on the other side of that, I'm sure it makes that chase so much more. Exactly. So much more on it. Exactly. Like, you know, you don't have time like we have here. We have like it comes in in you know, April, second, like first week of April and then goes out second week of May. So you got yeah. a long time. If you don't, you know, if you don't kill the bird that you've been watching for a long time, you're going to see him at some point because you got those days, but you guys on the yeah. other hand, you know, you guys are going in there. You have a task, you have a goal and you got to get Season it done. because around. You're going to yep. run out of time.
2: Yeah, season rolls around. It's crunch time. There's no more time for scouting. You're, you you got to have that already done.
0: Right. Do you do most of your I'll say turkey hunting on public or private land?
2: Oh man, I would say ninety percent of it on public. Really? Yeah. I've got That's I've awesome. got like forty acres that have permission to turkey hunt private, and other than that, it's just public.
0: Is it hard? Is it harder for I'm talking turkeys only now? Is it harder to get permission? in arkansas for turkeys on private land
2: yes it's almost non-existent the only reason i have permission is because i've known this lady that owns this land it's a lady um she obviously doesn't hunt none, none of her family hunts and i've known her my whole life so she lets me hunt but other than that good luck finding anybody to let you wow
0: wow that's nuts so who got you into turkey hunting or is it something you had to learn on your own or did you have um, someone that kind of sparked you into no, it
2: uh my uncle my dad's brother got me into it he started taking me taking me and my brother when we were little. And uh, I remember, remember going with them. We, I grew up hunting in the Ouachita Mountains in the, in the west part of the state. Mm-hmm. Uh, that's, that's where I've done the majority of my turkey hunting in this state. And uh, no, I've been doing it for a long time down there, ever since I can remember. I can remember every spring going and camping in a tent in the Ouachita Mountains for a weekend and hunting. And uh, I actually didn't kill one. I didn't kill my first turkey for, oh, I don't know, three or four years after hunting for real. And that was, and I still killed that one with somebody calling it in for me. And then uh, whenever I got to where I was doing it on my own, I hunted for two years without killing a bird, hunting every day. Wow. Um, but yeah, I got started young, and uh, my uncle, my uncle Mark's the one who really got me into it, and uh, and we still hunt together every every year.
0: That's crazy, man. And like I said, the turkeys over here in Tennessee are just are something else. Do you know are you traveling? I think you came to Tennessee not like a couple years ago or did you come last season?
2: I came not this past season. I came uh let's see, that'd be 2019 season. I came up there for a couple of days. I had some I had a I've got a buddy. It's actually my sister's uh soon to be husband. He's got some private land up there. And uh I came up there and hunted with him for 2 days and uh, I've yet to put a Tennessee bird down yet. That's the only time I've been up there. We got close that day. Uh, the first day we got close, second day it rained all day, so I've really only hunted one day in Tennessee. Well,
0: you uh, you, you, know you always got a spot with Jake and I because, uh, honestly, we get tired of shooting them, so.
2: Well, I'll have to take you up on that this year. You,
0: you definitely should. Man, but like the turkeys, you know, there's something about, obviously duck hunting is and waterfowl hunting is my favorite, but there's something about, a morning that's just a chilled morning turkey hunting you know you know finding that tom that's sitting up in that tree gobbling and then and then either putting the hunt on him or having him come to you in that yeah. first gobble the morning in the pitch black it, it it's different dude, than waterfowl it's serious. different than waterfowl hunting yeah. but dude that's one sound that just goes right up your spine and out yeah. your ear holes I get, and you i just, got
2: feels right now thinking about it
0: it's crazy that it's indescribable it really is. So anyone that is wanting to get into turkey hunting or is unsure about it, do do your research. find Find your you know find your public grounds, uh, your state's regulations, and go. Because even if yep. you don't get one, you know it's a lot different than deer hunting. You just don't sit there. You're not waiting around. You know it's 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 pretty yep. action packed uh, the whole yep. time. So I'd really suggest anyone that's you know listened to this, not and hasn't yep. turkey hunted to to go try it because you will have fun. You will you will get addicted very right. easily.
2: And the only way to get easily. into it is just to go do it, you know, just carry a shotgun and a turkey coal and, and go try
0: it. You know, that's right. That's, never right. Know happen. that's right. Yeah. There's a lot. I've had a lot of dumber things happen to me than, than a turkey yeah. walking walking yeah. up behind me, two feet away from me. Yeah. So, well, uh, we'll get back to waterfowl. There's a waterfowl crash question. You know, what is it? I mean, Arkansas waterfowl is huge and it's been huge for years, you know, even before my time and yours. What do you think, like, what do you, what is waterfowl to you? You know, opening day of waterfowl, what is, what, what is it to you? That's what I'm asking. Uh, Well, man,
2: there's, it's a, it's a lot of things, but for me, honestly, it's, it's like I find a a sense of peace whenever waterfowl season, whenever duck season specifically comes around, uh, there's no question of what we're going to do tomorrow. It's, we're going duck hunting. And uh, so I like, I like being, I got my, my group of friends, we hunt together. We don't, you know, I, I hunt with the. Same few people all year, pretty much. You know, I got a couple of different guys that I go with, and and I'll go on an invite when I get one. But as far as public land, we've got our crew, and and we just go same people every day, and we and we do our best, and we don't kill them all the time. Obviously, nobody does, but we probably kill them a, lo- a little fewer, a little fewer and far between than everybody else. But man, it's just a good time. It's unlike any other any other hunting. You know, turkey hunting and deer hunting, it's more it's more by yourself, and you're more engaged in the hunt, in my opinion. Whereas duck hunting, um, if you're in the right spot, if you've done your homework and you're a decent caller and, and you know what you're doing, then it's more of a kickback and have a good time and just shoot some ducks with your buddies. Uh, And it's, it's a good time.
0: Yeah. And when I come over there and Jake, he hunts over there too with me, Um, you know, opening day though. I mean, you got, you know, you got Oh, you know, shrimp shrimp boils are going on the night before, you know, yep. I pulled, I pulled up and there was like, you know, I was late coming from work on a Friday night and I pulled up the shrimp boil going on. There's 40 or 60 people there in the driveway around a bonfire, having a couple beers saying, Hey to everybody. Cause he had, you know, you haven't seen some of the guys since last yep. season. And yep. you know, it's more, it's more of a celebration yep. of of yep. fall of fall, but of winter you know and and seeing people and that's that's what i like about it is just reconnecting with with people you know that you yep. share experience and the stories that come back and uh everything like that so um that's Duk awesome
2: duck season opens and you're with the guys that you've hunted with forever and yep. uh, just everything is right in the world
0: yeah it is it is for me too brother uh public hunting though in arkansas so you talked about public hunting do you do mostly public or is it private
2: Again, I'd say eighty, ninety percent public. Hmm. That's,
0: that's hardcore. Say that again, Jake. I Said that's hardcore. Yeah, Jake. it is hardcore. And public hunting for anybody that is on here that's new to it as well. Public hunting, is just like you use the word, the term homework. You got to do your homework. You got to know where the birds are. You know, everything is everything that can happen will happen, kind of thing. In the public, you're you know yeah. it's a it's a competition yeah. as well. Hopefully, you have friendly neighbors that don't shoot your swings and stuff, um, and and whatnot. But you know, just I wanted to ask the the private because yeah. I hunt a bunch of private because I'm because I'm blessed and fortunate enough to, and I don't own any of it. Um, but you know, p- private ha- also has its downs too. The downside to private, True. True. you know, is sometimes. It, it's nice to go have have somewhere to go all the time but there's nothing like killing birds on public when it's everyone el- when everyone else is doing it and there's and there's competition and everything's going against you yeah. and there's just yep. that much more gratitude
2: yep for sure and i'm not trying to make myself out as some public land grinder hot shot uh i just i just don't have access to i've got i've got a couple different places that that i've got permission to duck hunt but but man if there's not even birds in it then what's the point in hunting it so when it gets good we hunt it but when it's not it's either public or sleep in yeah and i'm not very fond on sleeping in so yeah
0: me neither that's a fact uh non-resident rules or you know, because they've changed a bunch. You know, man. what's your opinion? Being a resident of Arkansas, I know how the Tennessee boys feel right now, and probably <laughs> every other state that touches Arkansas. But That's you know, from be, being a resident, what's your what's your opinion on the rules and regulations that has either changed in the last couple of years or just the new ones?
2: Tennessee boys, man,
0: <laughs> uh, man. Know, we're such dickheads. It's unbelievable. <laughs> just bat, just shit, guys. <laughs>
2: everybody's got their own opinion on it and uh most of the guys that you ask from around here that have grown up hunting public and that's they hunt 60 days of the season they hunt public ground and they're going to tell you that they hate out of staters um and rightfully so but at the same time i don't hate on them i have nothing against it because i like to go hunting in canada and i like to go hunting in other states Mm -hmm. and uh, if, if i was to talk trash on people coming to arkansas to hunt then what does that say about me going to other states to hunt so so from my personal standpoint, I don't have a problem with it, man. It's public land, public to public, not public to Arkansas. So, man, if you're going to put the time in and drag your boat down here and scout and hunt, then by all means do it.
0: Do you think the the days that they give you, like as far as Jake, you know you, you hunt public more than I do. What are the, you know, what are the days that they give you? What is it now? Well, it
1: used to be, correct me if I'm wrong, Kay, but like, you would have five day – you'd have five five-day out-of-state WMA tags. <clears throat>
2: yeah, that's right. I think you get a 30-day – altogether you get 30 days or something like that here.
1: Yeah. And so for out-of-staters now, I think in the 1920 season, they made it to where your five-day tag was only on certain days that, yeah. that said you could go.
2: So prior – so prior was it that you could hunt your – you could hunt your limited days whenever you wanted them and then you were done. Is that how it was? Man, honestly, I don't, I don't know the public land out of state or deal. I'm obviously not out of state, so I don't have any reason to look at it.
1: Yeah. You could buy, you could hunt the first 30 days minus the splits and yeah. Yeah. And do it that way. But in 1920, they came in and said, look like you're going to hunt
2: only these days. Yeah.
1: It was like the beginning of each split and like, maybe like the, the the, time between um new years and christmas yeah and they they threw that in their bonus and then two more but it's it's rough
0: man we don't feel it does
2: and
0: but but as a resident though i feel i feel like it's it's it it keeps everything separate i'm not i'm not agreeing with it or disagreeing i'm not for it or against it but you know as a resident you got to almost appreciate what they're trying to do to give you guys some space to enjoy yeah, for sure, for sure. Um, your public hunting rights but at right. the same time letting other people in yeah but there's another side of me that i feel like they're getting too nitpicky
2: i agree I with, do with agree. what's going on um if i look at it this way if i was to sit down right now and make out a schedule for spring next year and where i was going to go and i only had a certain certain few days that i could be in tennessee to turkey hunt i'd be kind of mad about it because then i'd have to to bend yeah. my schedule around it. And I know that's the way it works for y'all for ducks. So right. I can see your standpoint for sure. Yeah. yeah.
1: makes getting to the, uh, It makes it crowded too. You know, you're mm-hmm. packing all those guys into. Yeah. Yeah. That's true. Days.
2: Yeah, for sure.
0: I'll, uh, I'll get off the, the non-res, res rules or whatever, but next question. Uh, you started a brand um, you kind of branded yourself. It wasn't like a clothing brand because you don't. It looks like right now on the Zoom call you don't have that great a style, but um, yeah. <laughs> except except for that sweet dive bomb shirt. Um, yeah. No, but you started. You kind of branded yourself. Went and you and it was called Natural State Outdoorsman. Now, so you're you're wearing the hat right now. When did you start that? How did that come about? Give us a little background,
2: man. So going back to, like I said, being 16 and uh, hunting at the refuge down the road from my house, me and my buddies, and and we were what I consider, what we call people, topwaters. <laughs> uh, we didn't know what we were doing. Uh, we didn't scout. we just go to a random field. And so we were out there hunting every day we got. And so I started taking some pictures on my phone. And, uh, you know, I would take some pictures of, of my buddies carrying some ducks back or whatever, and and they liked it or whatever. So I kind of, I think that's kind of where I, where I found it, you know, I started taking some pictures. And, and when I started Natural State Outdoorsman, um, I didn't even own a camera. It wasn't it wasn't photography or anything like that. It was just phone pictures and, and some corny caption. But uh, I started that, man, when I made that page, I was sitting in art class my junior year. And uh, obviously I wasn't doing anything in class. So I was on my phone, I was like, you know what? Everybody's making these outdoor pages. Um, it seems pretty cool, I'm gonna make one. And so I made one and and I just started running with it, you know, taking pictures on my phone and, and making some captions, and I started getting some traction. I wouldn't – I mean, obviously not anything serious. Um, made a few connections and started talking to some people. And I uh, started following some guys that, that did photography and had legit cameras, and, and, you know, I liked what they were doing, and I, and I wanted to be the best. So I bought a camera, and I started taking pictures on a camera, and uh, it just kind of snowballs from
0: there. I got you, and your pictures, we'll get into the media side here in a a couple minutes, Um, but you know, your Natural State Outdoorsman page was awesome, that's where I ran into you on social media, that's how we met, and because we were kind of doing the same thing, you know, I bought a camera, just like a little TI Rebel 6 or something like that, well, you know, beginner, beginner lens, and I remember, I'm like, man, and every time you took a picture, I'm like, man, what? what are you doing differently that I'm, like, that I'm not doing? Like, tell me your secret because your pictures were, were that good. Um, do you think Natural State Outdoorsman springboarded you into where you're at now as an outdoorsman or even what you're doing? And we'll get into that in a minute.
2: Absolutely. Um, you know, if looking back, if I wouldn't have started that, I don't think I'd be doing what I'm doing. Um, and I've, I've been very blessed and fortunate along the way. And I've had some things fall into place for me that I probably didn't deserve. Uh, but yeah, for sure. You know, I started taking some pictures and, and once I upgraded and got a real camera and I was just like everybody else. I wanted some sponsors or some people to give me some free stuff for taking pictures. So mm-hmm. I never, I didn't, I wasn't the kind to go around asking people for free stuff. I would just, you know, I remember, I know you, know, I know you remember the early stages of Natural State Outdoorsman and I was doing a lot of promoting for natural gear Yep. And, uh, and you as well for natural yep. gear and elite duck calls. Those yep. were my main two that I started with. And yeah, absolutely. It, it springboarded me into it because I started taking some pictures with, uh, with some elite duck calls. And then Brad noticed that I was tagging him a lot in his pictures in my pictures. And, uh, and so then when I graduated, I did that throughout my senior year pretty hard. And then when I graduated high school, Brad actually reached out to me and offered me a job at the shop there. I was fresh out of high school, didn't know what I wanted to do with my life. Uh, The only thing I knew is that I didn't want to go to college. And so I was finding, trying to find any way out of going to college. Um, And so Brad offered me a job there at the shop uh, making duck calls and running media for him. So that's where I started. That was my first, you know, I would say, you know, full-time gig with photography, media side. Right. Uh, So yeah, that's, that's what got me into it. Um, And then, Long story short, it went from elite worked for him for about a year, and then um, was offered another position with Dive bomb and, and that 's where i 'm at today
0: yeah that's awesome, and how everything fell because obviously we've been talking for mm-hmm. how, how long we know each other now like three, is it going on three three years i think
2: I think this, this duck season will be three years
0: yeah, and i we've kept up with each other and 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 I did a little bit of work with Elite uh, for like a short time, or, or they used a couple of my pictures. I didn't work for them because I wasn't that good, but they used a couple of my pictures. You know, I'm a natural, uh, 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 natural gear guy too. I just I love the pattern. Uh, it just it just it just works. It hides. It's just right, it's right. just plain. Right. It's blah it just works. Um, so I was a huge kind of promoter or trying to promote them on Instagram, just because yeah. I like their product. And same to you, you kind of have that same moral as well. You're not going to stand behind a product unless you don't believe in it.
2: For sure. For sure. Absolutely. So
0: um, so you started working with the companies. That was my next question. You started working with the companies, you know, what were, what were the, the good and bad parts of working for people or trying to promote people? What, what did you kind of, Maybe, like, what challenges did you face?
2: Um, man, I was doing it solely out of passion for, for photography and for the for the sport of hunting that I honestly didn't see a lot of, of bad in it. You know, I was doing it for my own sake. I didn't have, when I started it, I didn't have any intentions of, of working in the outdoor industry. I was just doing it to pass time because I enjoyed it. Mm-hmm. Um, I genuinely enjoyed taking pictures and promoting stuff that I, that I believed in. Um, so, honestly, man, I, I, I can't even tell you a downside to it. It's been – everything's been great. And
0: you happen to – now you work for Dive Bomb, which I've never heard of them. I don't even know who they are. Um, <laughs> how, how is Dive Bomb, man? How did how did you get started?
2: So, as I said earlier, I had some things fall into place that I probably didn't deserve, and uh, I've been very blessed. Um, so, living living in the town that I do – um, there's a family that lives here, is the Safleys and uh Jimmy Saffley, he owns some private land here in town, and uh it's it's some of the best private land around. That he won't let so, you run on. Yeah, that's the one he let you run on. <laughs> <laughs> so I've known him for as long as I can remember, and uh he's like a grandpa to me. And his we get this right, his son married Asher Tolliver's sister, and Asher Tolliver is the vice president of Dive Bomb Industry. So that's gotcha. where my connection with Dive Bomb came. Um, I can't take credit for, for Dive Bomb as being a media guy because, honestly, it came through a mutual friendship more than it did a media media connection. Um, but that's that's, that's, where, how, that's
0: how everything works out in life. You're 19. Yeah. I'm, I'm, I'm 27. I'm not that old either. But I figured out that's how everything works out in life is if you know someone and you're a good dude and try not yeah. to be a dickhead and you know try not to be too big of a dickhead, you, stuff usually works out for you. So. Man,
2: that goes for everything. It's all about who you know. But
0: continue. Uh, I, I interrupted
2: you. So, so I started hunting with Asher. Um, me and him started hunting as buddies. Uh, we would we would hunt a couple times a year, and and we started talking a lot. Man, let me think back now. I guess it'd be two summers ago. I was asking him a lot of questions because he's obviously very good at at social media, um, advertisement, and marketing. Mm-hmm. And so he was a he was a great asset to me. I was I asked him a lot of questions, and I was always talking to him and. And uh, we kind of stayed in touch, and then that next duck season came. And it was like – I remember it was the last day of duck season, and they had just hired Nick Kostas as the media manager for Dive Bomb. And uh, I remember I was I was a senior in high school, and we were on the last day of duck season, and me and Ash were hunting together. And and he asked me, he said, what are you going to do after high school? I was like, dude, I don't know. I don't have any idea. And this is before I was with Elite.
0: Mm-hmm.
2: And I remember he looked at me and he said, well, man, why don't you – and I had – that was like – it was like the first first year I was running that Rebel, that – beginner camera i was just getting into it Mm -hmm. remember he looked at me and he said why don't you get good with that camera and come work for us at dive bomb and i was like you know i just kind of blew it off like dude i'm 17 yeah right um but but i appreciate the offer but yeah right you know that's that's kind of out there but and he said that to me and then um that duck season was over and went through the off season and i was thinking about it more and then that next that summer is when i started working for elite and i worked for him for a year and then uh, it came around duck season again, and Nick, the guy I mentioned earlier, he's the media manager for Dive Bomb, he he had something that came up, and he wasn't able to go on one of the Dive Bomb trips to Canada, and so Asher texted me, he was like, hey, do you want to go hunting with me in Canada and take pictures? Um, you know, you're not getting paid, but you're not paying for everything. Yeah, pretty- uh,
0: let me check my schedule. Uh, yeah. i Yeah, I'm, uh, I'm free, actually.
2: <laughs> exactly, yeah. Let me check that real quick. <laughs> And it was like it was like a week notice, and I didn't have a passport. And I was like, dude, I would love to go. And he's like, do you have a passport? And I was like, no. And he's like, oh, well, never mind then, because it takes like four months to get a passport. And I was like, dude, I will get a passport. So I drove down to Hot Springs, and I went to an in-person meeting. I got a passport in two days. Come on. As far as I know, that's the quickest anybody I
0: know has ever gotten one. That is such a savage move. I love dude, it. He,
2: he offered me a trip to Canada, and I was like, dude, I will find a way. So I sure enough did. I went down there and I went to an in-person meeting and I got my passport and I texted him like two days later, sent him a picture of it. I was like, let's go. I got it. He was like,
0: yeah, that's was so like, sweet. Giddy up, eh?
2: <laughs> <laughs> you didn't even know how pumped I was whenever that happened.
0: That's great, man. Just,
2: dude, I've, I've, you know, every waterfowler dreams of hunting in Canada. And, and I had no idea what that entailed, but he told me that we were going and I was like, <laughs> all right, well, let's go. And uh, so that's where, that's where my, that's where I actually started with dive bomb. You know, I knew Asher beforehand, but I was never affiliated with dive bomb. So I went to Canada uh, for eight days. We hunted in Ontario and Manitoba, shooting honkers in both places. Um, and then we came home and they had another trip on the schedule for Stanfield Outfitters, which is in West Texas. And uh, they were like, man, we could use an extra hand if you want to go again. Once again, you won't be making any money, but you're not losing any money. Everything's paid for. And I was like, well, let's go. So I went on again and uh, we talked on the plane on the way home and, and he offered me a job or he, he mentioned a job. He said that it could be a possibility within the next year. And uh, I was all in for it, obviously. And so I'm looking. Okay, yeah, after,
0: after shooting honkers in the face for a couple of days, flying yeah. around, you're like, uh, "Yeah, yeah, I'll probably I'll consider."
2: <laughs> yeah,
0: yeah, <laughs> that's so, so sick.
2: He tells me that maybe, maybe a slight possibility within the next year that we could work something out. And then, like a week later, he calls me and he was like, "Hey, man, we talked about it, and uh, we'd love to have you. I uh, need to know tonight." I was like, "You got it."
0: i <laughs> oh, Just, just some, just a little bit of uh, slight. Discomfort in your in your (laughs) pants. Yeah, (laughs) (laughs) that's so funny, man. That's awesome. Well, I'm I'm super happy for you. Um, You like you said, you're a young kid, super bright future in the outdoor industry. Um, You know, what is your travel schedule kind of like coming up? So I'm sure, like you guys have, and I'm pretty sure. Correct me if I'm wrong. I think I understand a little bit of dye bomb and what you guys do, but you guys are traveling around to different outfitters and stuff um and obviously they're probably using your product as they should because they're not going to be using big owls um (laughs) you know but uh yeah there it is sorry (laughs) but uh but no you're traveling around to different outfitters and stuff and you know where are you going what's like what's the season entail for you next year
2: dude i could pull up this schedule and read it to you but it would take up an hour to read it to you we've got we're you know this is if the border opens for Canada this year. We're supposed to start September 7th in Canada and Saskatchewan shooting mallards. Yeah, COVID like, can
0: suck one, by the way. Yeah, Mention that real quick. If you're yeah. going to interfere with duck season, I will find you and kill you.
2: Exactly. <laughs> so, we start in September. Um, well, actually, our first trip is like August 25th. It's like early honkers in North Dakota or something like that. Um, so, we start we start in August, and, and it's pretty much nonstop other than Christmas and Thanksgiving until – the end of snow goose con- conservation in arkansas so it's per- it's just go 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 uh we've got all kinds of trips on the schedule we we've got all whatever five however many provinces there is in canada we've got a trip several trips in all all the provinces um man just put your finger Listen. on the map put your finger on the map and we'll probably be there within the next year
0: that's awesome man well i'm so happy for you that um I'm, I'm kind of jealous right now. I might cram myself to sleep, to be honest. Um, that's, but that's awesome. I'm super happy for you. Um, you know, we'll get into the media side right now. Cause that's really what I want to dive into. Yeah. So you started out with a T rebel, you know, and you're on Instagram posting pictures. Who is someone that you looked up to on Instagram that was doing it? And you're like, Holy cow, this guy's good. I want my pictures to look like that. What do first I need to do? Person,
2: the first person that I noticed um, that I was following and that I really said, you know what, you know, I want to do it. I want to do it like this. This is this is what I want to be. Um, Josh Alberius with K-Zone, I know you're familiar with him. Yep. Um, he, he was, he, he helped me a lot in the beginning of the stages. Uh, we talked a lot back early. And uh, he helped me figure out a lot of stuff because I'm just a dumb redneck and I had to learn how to use a camera, which is quite <laughs> a task. <laughs> and, uh, so he helped me, he helped me get started. And he really, he really kind of drove me in the beginning, um, seeing his work and seeing the pictures that he was taking, you know, at this point, I'm taking pictures on a phone and he's, and he's taking these, these awesome pictures. I'm like, yeah, I'm going to buy a camera and, and I'm going to do that.
0: Hmm. So what kind of pictures, you know, caught, like, you know, what kind of pictures on social media catch your eye when you're scrolling through? and we we're talking, I guess, waterfowl, turkey, yeah, yeah. deer, you know, what aspects of a picture, what makes a good picture on social media?
2: Um, to me, specifically, waterfowl. Um, to me, whenever you see a picture and you know that whoever's in it didn't know it was being taken, um, you know, action shots or somebody's somebody's facial expressions after they just shot a duck, um, you know, I don't know something about taking a picture and nobody knew you took it and then showing it to them and they're mm-hmm. like dude that's awesome can I have that picture right You know, that's the stuff that I like um, action shots that that aren't meant to be you're not they're not meant to be taking pictures of you know you can set up pictures all day long and that's cool and everything but but to me it it, it gets good whenever you're taking pictures and nobody knows it or whenever you're just kind of standing back doing your thing and then you come out. you come out after the hunt and like dude check this out
0: yeah exactly I mean when I had clients and and I and I did have a camera in the blind and it was hard. I figured out this past season as a good buddy RT Bailey, he told me straight up, you cannot be a photographer and guide at the same time. And uh, I found I found that out the hard way. So yeah. anybody out anybody out there wanting to do it, it's either one or the other. You know, keep your camera in the blind for when it's slow, you can get some action shots down the blind, you know, for certain guys, but do not try to guide and do photography at the same time. We'll move oh, yeah. on, we'll move on. Um, you know, Camera lenses, what lenses are your go-to lenses? Um, on, on just your average day, like on your average picture, we'll get into the different aspects of it, but what's your, you know, if you're taking out your camera right now, what's on your camera?
2: Man, okay, well, you gotta remember, I'm, I'm only two years into this, I'm still learning uh, just as much as I was when I started. Um, and i'm still i'm still trying to get better every day yeah, but to me dude i honest to god i have two two lenses in my camera bag i've got a 70 to 200 f2.8 uh that honestly if i could only have one lens for the rest of my life that'd be it um it's perfect mid range to you know a little 200 zoom but it's not it's not those 600 prime look, prime zoom but uh yeah i got this i got the 70 to 200 f2.8 and then i've got a sigma th- 18 to 35 uh, 1.8 art lens and dude those two lenses you look at every picture on my instagram since the beginning of last year before that it was just a kit lens but since then it's been those two lenses and that's it so
0: explain if you can and i'll back you up a little bit or try to because i'm also a dumb redneck who just picked up a camera <laughs> um and i hope to get on yeah, you know, like ed wall i, I asked him and yeah. Uh, Jake, producer, you're listening. We actually need to contact him, so uh, we'll get back to this interview. But hey, we need to contact him because that is someone I looked up to uh, mm-hmm. as far as a photographer, and he has nails behind the camera.
2: One of, one of the best in the game, in my opinion,
0: for sure. And if we can get him on here, uh, that'll that'll blow me away. Um, but explain the 70 to 200 to to people. It's usually usually depending on like the the brand, but it's your white outer case. Yeah lens uh it's a zoom lens so it's when big. i had when i had it's big it, 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 it's it's not, heavy it, it's,
2: it's kind of heavy it, whenever you start shooting for a whole day
0: it is yeah it is yeah correction it, it is you know if you're shooting just like sporadically here and there it's a pretty light lens or it can be light but you're it's a zoom lens so you know you're going to get those pictures of you know, I always use them for dogs making retrieves, Mm -hmm. you know, when they go out there and they start to either go out there or retrieve it and come back. I was always had that one on and that could really reach out there and, you know, catch those water droplets, you know, catch Mm -hmm. that. If you wanted to zoom up on the dog's face and just get the dog's face with half the bird in it, you could do that. Or if you wanted to back off of it and get the background of that picture, you could do that as well. But the only thing if you miss that shot and I feel like it's, it's, out if it, it, yeah, and it's out of frame and that and that dog or that subject got too close you're like yeah. sure might I have my other lens
2: yeah for real um yeah so it's an f2.8 so it's it's a pretty fast lens for being a zoom lens um which means it's got a shallow depth of field as you know um mm-hmm. but so you get that I don't even know what they call it but what do they call it? The, the blurriness in the back. I don't even do Like I said. I'm oh, it's called, I um, it's, called, uh, it's called, um, uh, it's
0: called, it's called, it's called. Not Boca, but yeah, it's called Boca. Is it? Yeah. But or a uh, Boca. Yeah. Boca. Yeah. It's called Boca. I've seen an yeah. iPhone commercial when they're advertising it. It's called. Bokeh. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. But, it, but it also, it, it gives you, it can give you Boca. Yeah. In the and, background.
2: It's it's a go-to lens for sure, but it's not it's you know it, it really it's situational. Um, if you're sitting in an a-frame blind trying to take pictures of your buddies, it's probably not the best lens that you want to grab. Uh, it's it's 70 is is still pretty long for tight quarters. Um, so it's my favorite. You know, standing in the woods, it's it's killer because usually you're standing you know anywhere from on the same tree to 10 or 15 yards from the next guy. So. It's perfect for, like you said, dogs retrieving. That's the first thing that comes in my mind when I think of that lens. Yep. Um, retrievers, um, people, people doing whatever they're doing, you know, as long as they're decent, you know, not with – I think it's got, like, at three feet, you can start focusing it. You, anything in f- below three feet, it, it won't focus. So basically anything outside of three feet um, and, and pretty much from three feet to infinity, it's a great lens. Um, it's a great portrait lens for the guys that that are going to be doing that. You know, I know a lot of photographers, myself included, we, we take pictures because we enjoy it. But there comes a time where there's got to be some money coming in, too. So if you, uh, you know, I've shot I've shot a couple like senior senior photo shoots and families and uh, like engagement pictures and that mm-hmm. type of stuff. And dude, that's the only lens I take. I can back up and you get that really good depth of field. And uh, everybody loves the pictures that comes out of that lens.
0: Yeah, it's it's an awesome lens. I actually got mine, uh, and you gotta understand, you know, you're on a budget. I am too, and I got <laughs> mine. I got, yeah, big time budget uh, when it comes to camera lenses, especially, um, you know. But uh, but I use that lens, and I got it. I, I got, I bought it used for not that for really not that much. But all majority of my pictures were using that lens, and that that lens was a go to lens for yeah. me as well now yeah. talk about your other lens um your sigma uh, yeah
2: that sigma art lens it's a it's a wide angle lens it's 18 to 35 uh there's definitely <laughs> wider lenses out there but it's a great you know mid-range wide lens and uh, i actually just got it back i think in january into january this year i got it so up until then from from the beginning of last season until january every picture i took was on the 7200 um, and then Nick Costas, he's he's been a pretty big influence in my my photography career, and uh, and he's a big wide angle guy. If you look at his Instagram, almost every picture on there is super wide, and uh, he likes to get up tight to people, get in people's faces, get in dogs' faces, get real tight, and shoot wide. And uh, it's a cool it's a cool look, and it uh, definitely it helps to have both. You know, you get both. You go wide, and then you got the zoom, and you can pretty much do anything you want. And I myself I enjoy I like the wide too you know I like getting up in people's grill and uh and getting
0: i know you catch that, you, and you catch that detail when, yeah. when you can, and, and, and but you blow the background out exactly. I, I feel like i yeah. I feel like you got have you got to have a wide angle if you're if you're an outdoorsman photographer you got to have a wide angle for sure no matter yeah. what it is, just make sure it's a wide angle and then yeah. make sure you got zoom
2: yeah and i and I think you started shooting, correct me if I'm wrong, but you started shooting on. You no, know, the kit lenses, they're I think they're like eighteen to thirty-five. Also, but they're like an f four. They're not very fast and not very, you know, I don't even know what you call it. Yeah, not very sharp. Mm-hmm. Uh, but yeah, and correct me greener. if I'm wrong, but I think you started shooting on a on a good wide-angle lens this past season because I remember you sending me some pictures, um, some elite pictures that I was posting on the elite Instagram, and uh, killing it with the wide-angle game.
0: Yeah, the wide-angle game. I loved getting into it, and for everybody listening, you know, I like I said, I'm on a budget, and what I started doing was uh, renting. I actually rented that camera lens from Lens Rentals. They got an awesome deal. It's super easy to go through them. Uh, No free ads here at Lens Rentals, but I'm giving you. I'm trying to uh, pump your tires a little bit. Um, You know, you can go there and get you know go online get whatever lens you want and it's like man i rented i rented a wide angle lens i was guiding from like let's just say like the 28th of december through the 20th of january and i only paid like it it, it, it wasn't very much it was yeah. it was it was less than my used camera lens my it's used 70 dime. to 200 is worth it every every dime because i used it yeah. every single day um so anybody looking for lenses uh lensrentals.com super easy to go through check them out um
2: all right Um, here's a question for you so if you've got a guy that reaches out to you and uh he says hey man i'm i want to get into the photography game i bought i bought a camera um it's probably going to be an entry level um if he goes canon one of those t5 t6 whatever we started on um if he said i've only got one lens in my budget what do i need to get uh what would you recommend
0: it, I think, I, I think a question for him would be, what are you, what are you mainly shooting? Mm-hmm. You know, are you, are you, you know, if it's waterfowl, um, like you said, the 70 to 200 yeah. um, there's other, I, I, when we went to North Dakota, Jake, I had a lens, it was a, it was a 16 to one i th- I'm pretty sure.
2: Yeah, man, that's crazy. I'm pretty
0: sure. And, and I figured out that that lens was, was still a wide angle lens, but you could also zoom in yeah. and still blow it out. So that was kind of like a happy meeting. So when I had that lens, I was like, you know, like the first couple pictures, I was like, Holy cow. Like I can kind of reach out and grab that subject, but I can still have that wide angle look to it. Yeah. So that was a super good lens. Um, you know, for anyone, that's a good question. I appreciate you asking me a question. Cause I feel like, you know, I'm getting interviewed too. Um, <laughs> I'm kidding, but, uh, you know, for anyone beginning, you know, a T6, Rebel, uh, any kind of Rebel, people sell cameras all the time on Craigslist. That's where I bought my first one was Craigslist. I bought my T6. Yeah. It's brand new. The guy yeah. never used it. Because people get into camera photography because it's interesting. They like it. But then yeah. they start shooting pictures and they don't understand yeah. it. And they're like, yeah, I'm not about this life.
2: It's a learning curve for sure. Mm-hmm.
0: For sure. And and you pick up these pretty good cameras in decent yeah. shape for not very much. No, not so, at all.
2: I bought my first camera, uh, bought the camera and two lenses for $400. And uh, yeah, and I think Nothing. I think it can be intimidating um, to a lot of people. I know it was for me beginning um, you can get so caught up in the gear world. Uh, what yep. kind of gear do I need? And don't get me wrong. It is important, but the gear and the money, that stuff will come. Uh, you just got to do it, man. Get a camera, get what you can, get what you can afford and go take pictures. Mm -hmm. You know, learn the camera, learn how to shoot in manual, um, find your love for it first and then the rest will come.
0: Yeah, it definitely will. And that's what I was going to not, maybe not ask you, but if, you know, if you disagree with me, let me know, you know, anyone that's wanting to get into photography, learn, learn the camera. You're not going to take a professional picture right off the bat. You're not, it's going to be blurry. It's going to be this, that, this, that. Keep pressing that shutter button, keep adjusting it, learn the camera and its functions and all that stuff will slowly start to turn in. And then that one picture that you take and you hit that shutter button and you look at the screen, to look at your picture, you're going to be like, holy cow, look at the picture I just took. That's
2: what we're looking for, yeah. Yeah,
0: exactly. Um, I want to get into uh, what lenses do you recommend for field hunts? And then what lenses do you recommend going into the timber? If you're, you know, I saw you take some pictures of like in the field hunt of, uh, you know, Canada geese flying Mm -hmm. in what lenses are you using there
2: dude i shot like i said everything that i've shot has been on that 70 to 200 yep. and i it, and if i was gonna specifically buy a lens for shooting birds it wouldn't be a seventy-two i'd get something that goes a little bit farther mm-hmm. um, but those pictures that i've taken um you know we've just been getting lucky those days and getting the birds in tight and i've been able to get get birds you know in the frame without having to crop the picture down um but man it's from what I know, I know there's, there's a lot more that goes to it, but from what I know, if you're going to go hunting, if you hunt mainly fields, 7200 is your friend.
0: And where, and, and where are you setting up? uh, When, if you're just doing media, you do not have a gun, or you probably have one, but you're, you know, you're strictly doing media for, you know, (laughs) the first two hours, where are you setting up in, in a, for a field hunt? Are you setting up, you know, depending on the wind, the birds, where they're finishing, are you sometimes setting up behind everybody to to get that vantage point? You're setting up to the side of everybody or are you setting up right there in the blind with them?
2: You know, it's it's situational. Um, I've done it a lot of different ways. I've um, Forrest Carpenter, he's he's a phenomenal phenomenal photographer. Mm-hmm. And uh, he's big, he's big on the ghillie suits. He'll get in his ghillie suit and he'll lay outside the blind. You know, a lot of times you run into, okay, I want to get out of the blind and take a cool picture of everybody shooting, but If you're not hidden, nobody's gonna be shooting. So, you know, if you can hide, if you can get out of the blind and still hide, that's an awesome way to do it. But a lot of the pictures that I've taken and what I've done so far, have just been, you know, in the trenches, in the A-frames with everybody else. Everybody's pulling up with a gun, I'm pulling up with a camera and then maybe a gun to finish some cripples. But, But man, just biggest thing is staying hidden and letting the birds get close to where they need to be. And as much as I like taking pictures and as cool as pictures are, Nobody likes a cameraman that's flying birds. That's right. (laughs) You got to let the killers kill before you can start taking pictures. You know,
0: I understand that. And that's a good, that's a good point. Now in the timber, you know, where are you, are you trying to set up somewhere in the timber that's different than just, you know, right next to somebody, obviously Um, you're not going to set up on the other side of the hole and get shot at, but you know,
2: (laughs) in the woods, uh, do a lot of moving, you know, obviously there is no blind. You just grab a tree and, and get tight. So, I move a lot especially if I'm hunting with with a couple different people you know I want to get pictures of everybody so I'll start out you know usually by myself or, or by a tree with one other person and I'll start out usually I don't take pictures for the first you know 30 minutes of because it's not good daylight anyway so I try to get my killing in early mm-hmm. and then, uh, after that it's just kind of man it's hard to there is no cookie cutter you know specific way okay this is what you need to do it's more so you just got to do it and get a feel for it and uh you know, you'll find some, you'll find angles and spots where you're like, okay, well, I'm going to do that again. That was cool. And then there'll be times where you're like, okay, that was, that was ass. I'm never going to do that again.
0: And talk about the, and talk about the angles, you know, and the timber of, you know, uh, of not just being stationary with the camera up here near your chest. Talk about the angles and how it, how it can change the dynamic of a picture when you're, when that camera is you know, half an inch above the water, yeah, and you're lo- and you're and you're looking up at somebody, or you know, talk yeah. about those angles.
2: Yeah, my favorite. You know, I like to shoot portrait a lot. Um, and for the guys that that don't understand what that means, there's landscape and portrait. Landscape is you know sideways. I don't know how else to describe it. And portrait yeah. is up and down. So I'll get I'll shoot in portrait, and I'll. Dude, I've dipped my camera in the water so many times without that without meaning to, because I'll get so low to the water, and with that seventy two hundred f 2.8, such a shallow depth of field. Um, you get the reflection on the water and the only thing in focus is the person and everything in the foreground and background is out of focus you get that really sharp um just depth of field you know it, it makes a good picture so i'm always moving you know i try not to take too many pictures from the same spot uh, it can get really boring yeah and i think that a lot of photographers make the mistake early of, of staying um staying in their comfort zone and taking pictures from my level Mm-hmm. and uh, that can get really tired taking pictures from my level. I like to do I've been known to climb trees, uh, get on top of blinds, whatever you can to get a different angle. Uh, really the best thing or the only thing that makes a difference is just take a picture from an angle that you don't see with your eyes. You know, you're not, you're not bending down and looking at people from the water and that's what makes a unique picture because it's from a different angle that you don't see when you're actually hunting. So you're scrolling through Instagram and you're like, damn, that's pretty cool. Absolutely. Um, yep. You, you never- know, shooting through things, especially in the woods, uh shooting manual focus um you know getting framing the object with a couple of trees in the way or something like that and shooting through them and getting your subject in focus that can be really good um and you just got to do it i don't really i can't i can't really describe what you need to do you just got to do it, it yeah it's, come... it's
0: just playing around it's just playing around and really the main point of all that was don't like don't be stationary move like exactly. move, move your feet you know don't have don't don't have uh don't don't have cement blocks for feet yeah. Uh, yeah. move your move your feet get around look for different angles look for almost what i try to do is look for something that looks so odd that it, it doesn't look normal exactly. and, and, and yeah. then hold and then put that camera there and snap away and the yeah. first couple in the first couple may not be good but then you'll be like okay i need to move my camera about yeah. two yeah. inches to the right and then you end up hitting that picture that you wanted
2: and I think that that's really where the wide angle comes, where that comes into play because you can get so tight to things. Um, you know, sometimes I'll be – I look dumb taking the picture, but it turns out cool in the end because the dog may be running with a goose in his mouth. And I'm out there in the field actually like in a foot race with this dog trying to keep up with it and get super close. And I'm not even looking at the camera. I'm just holding it
0: and hammering the shutter and just – Yeah, you, know, you can always de- you can always delete. Yeah, yeah.
2: You can always yeah. delete pictures. I take – dude, I take – I kill myself every time I sit down to edit because I take way too many pictures than I need to but that's how you get that one that's in focus. It's like, okay, nobody else has ever took that picture.
0: That's right, that's right. Well, I'm glad you uh, touched on all the angles because I think that's what people need to hear. And that's why we started this podcast too. And it's not just you know interviewing guys and killing birds and their strategies. I wanna dip into the media side of stuff and, and what young photographers like yourself and guys like Ed Wall are doing because it's an it's unknown knowledge. Unless you watch a YouTube video and here's some British guy talking about camera lenses, you know, yeah. and 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 yeah. and, w- and what they're doing. You you can't relate to it, so that's why I yeah. want to start this. And hopefully, some someone young is listening to you talk, and 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 you're you're speaking to him like a preacher. yeah, yeah, for sure. That's me, that's me right now. That's <laughs> yeah. I, you, uh, I think, I think you, uh, I think you warped uh, Jake Jake's mind right now. He's- that's
1: good info right there. Y'all hit it all. Y'all hit some good topics right there
0: appreciate um, it what uh it's kind of probably my last question and then we'll get into stories um what are some of your social media strategies for uploading pictures and i mean like are you i'm a, I'm a quality over quantity guy mm-hmm. i'm not just going to upload you know a picture once every day if, yeah. if that's what if i don't have that in the arsenal you yeah. know, are you quality over quantity? You know, do you say pictures for certain dates? You know, I know like everybody else has They look up on Instagram saying, well, you know, what's the most hottest times on Instagram to post, yeah. what are some of your social media strategies?
2: Um, whenever I'm taking pictures, I've kind of got that in my mind, you know, cause you can be on a hunt where, you know, if you're on a hunt in the woods, you can take a lot of pictures and they all look the same. That's where those angles come back in. Uh, you can take, you could take a lot of pictures in one in one setting and make several different posts. It can get boring if you're posting um, a lot of the same same stuff. You know, if you've got a picture of your buddy standing next to a tree, and then the next day it's a different buddy standing to a, a different tree. You know, that can yeah. get pretty tired. Yeah, so that's where those angles come in. Um, switching lenses, going wide, going long, um, trying to get different angles, different different point of view. Um, to me, I try to find I try to find a happy medium. You know, I'm not I'm not gonna post a picture just because i need to post today if i don't have a good one um but i try you know and right now i'm i post maybe two or three times a week at best and off best season it's, it's a
0: little different yeah. than off season stuff yeah too.
2: and and i'm not the type that you know during waterfowl season obviously i i pretty much keep my instagram to just to just waterfowl hunting but you know whenever springtime rolls around and i'm going turkey hunting and i'm going fishing um i just i would bring my camera everywhere and And you can take pictures doing things that you don't think that you can take cool pictures. Um, You know, and I just try to get uh, different angles and different points of view in everything I do. Um, I try to, I've been doing more fishing this summer than I ever have more fishing pictures this summer. Um, But so i just take my camera in the boat with me. And if I see something, I'm like, okay, well, I can make a post out of that. I can make a pretty cool picture. Like last night my dog was asleep in the bottom of my boat and I've got an old piece of junk flat bottom boat and it's got a cool, the paint's all ripped off, and it looks kind of cool on the bottom. So I stood up with my wide-angle lens and reached as high as I could, and got a real wide picture of the whole boat with my dog asleep in the bottom. And I'll probably post that one tonight. Not because um, somebody's needing me to post, or because I've got somebody that's relying on me. Just because I like doing it, and uh, you know, I you like just, my You, you
0: want to share your adventures and yeah, and everything, yeah. but you're also not, you know, it's not like you said, it's not the same guy, the same tree, the same. You know, I kind of post for timber pictures in a row or you're going to try not to um you know you're going to change it up and make your viewers your fans like me i'm a big fan uh (laughs) you know you're going to make your fans not you know see the same thing every time so when they're scrolling past hey tricky they stop and be like oh well hell i saw a picture like that you know the other day
2: exactly yeah you just never want to make it boring you know yeah Whenever you're, whenever it gets boring, that's whenever you start losing your audience. Yeah. And once you've started building an audience, you got to keep it rolling or you'll lose it. And then you got to start over. Um, and that can be tough to do. And and I've learned that in the past, you know, taking breaks from posting, you know, and Instagram, man, I don't know, you can get into a lot of a lot of things where people are, are like influence influencers, as you say, and, and I hate to be, i try to stay as far away from that as I can. I just want to be I want to be natural and I want people to know who I am and uh and what I'm doing with my pictures and I'm not trying to impress anybody um if you I don't know if you've noticed but if you scroll through my Instagram and read my captions some of them you're probably like dude what is this guy thinking like what kind of caption is this like what where is his mind and and dude I'll just like captions are a big part of Instagram especially for me I like to uh and dude I've I've got an notebook in my phone that've i I started the day first time I posted on natural State outdoors and then I wrote down my caption in my notes and I've, I've got every caption I've ever used since then oh, that's and, cool. uh, a lot more that I haven't used so I'll be you know I'll be driving down the road listening to the radio and I might hear a lyric of a song I'm like okay that'd be a cool that'd be a cool caption and I've got several captions in my phone I've been doing this for a while where I'll come up with the caption first and I'm like okay well I think I can make a picture that would match that perfect so a lot of times I've already got the caption in my head and then I just go and take the picture to match it and it's effortless.
0: Oh, that's pretty cool. Huh, you just yeah, you I think just, that's, you just, you just blew my mind.
2: I think that's a little bit different. I don't know a lot of people do that. Uh, that's, just, that's just the way my mind works, man. I, I try to stay, keep myself sharp and keep myself created. So anytime I hear something or think of something that might be clever or might be cool, you know, I've got captions from two years ago that never got used, but I write them down anyways. And, and a lot of times I'll take a picture and you know as well as I do, you, you got this banger picture, and you're like, dude, I can't think of a caption. Yes, now, it's the worst. Happen, it is the know, worst. Like, yeah, and I've had several times where it came in clutch where I, I don't have a caption, so I just start scrolling through my notes. I'm like, oh, man, that caption from two years ago fits it perfect. And uh, and so then it's there, and you've thought about it before. You know, it was in your mind at once before, and it, it probably left a long time ago, but you can, you can find it again in your notes. Um, and that's something that I would recommend to guys starting out, you know, Keep a notebook or keep a note in your phone. Um, Anytime you think of something or hear anything, write it down and uh, just try to try to stay real and stay creative.
0: And, you know, I'm not an artistic. I do not have one artistic bone in my body. But, you know, with photography, photography is an art. It is and and writing stuff down and keeping notes that's awesome i'm gonna start doing that i'm not gonna to try to copy you but no, I'm, all, I'm, I'm, I'm also a super fan so you know i'll get your signature i'll get your signature one day <laughs> no, <dude. laughs> well do you have any stories we're gonna wrap it up do you, any, do you have any good like a good hunting story man i know i'll put you on the spot here i put you nice? on the spot but
2: um, you want to go funny? Best
0: hunt? Uh, what are you looking for? Anything that just crosses your if mind, a, buddy. Give us a dive bomb story. Let's hear a Canada trip story. Well, you got I, I know you got I know you got sick. I don't know if you okay, can yeah. tell like, if yeah, you yeah, want to tell a story, but I know you got sick because I saw it on yeah. Instagram.
2: Okay, so for the guys that are listening, um, if you keep up with dive bomb ministries, you'll remember last year, um in January, we took a trip to um Montana. We were in Montana for a couple days and it was like negative 23. Cold is bad, dude. And so the first day I was like, okay, it's cold, but you know, I can handle it. And so we hunted the first day and uh, took some pictures. And thankfully I took, all I did was take pictures that day. So I had several from that day. But um, so we, we were staying in the hotel that night, super cold, miserably cold. And uh, we went to bed that night and I woke up the next morning and I was like, dude, I do not feel good. Like there's something bad wrong. And uh, that was, you know, flu time. And that was, like, literally the first day I ever heard of coronavirus was that day. And I'm not saying I had coronavirus, but I think there's a good chance I had
0: it. You had it. <laughs> and, uh, I think I had it. I had the room.
2: <laughs> but so we're in Montana, and the next morning I woke up, and I'm like, I don't feel good, but, you know, I'm, I'm here. I'm going to go. I'm not going to stay in bed no. um, if I can help it by any means. Mm-hmm. So we went, and uh, I got a phone call from my brother, like, mid-hunt that morning. It's like 9 o'clock in the morning. He's like, he's like dude, I got the flu. I was like – Oh, the day before that, when I was in Arkansas, me and him were blowing my duck calls together and he was, we were swapping out and everything. I was like, dude, that's brutal. So I finished that hunt. We went back to the hotel and uh, Asher and Nick went out that evening to scout. And I was like, guys, I got to stay in. Like I cannot physically go back out there. Like I am that sick. So I stayed in bed that night and uh, they hunted for a couple more days and dude, the next day I didn't go hunting and they landed 2000 honkers in the spread. I was like, okay, well, that's awesome. I missed the biggest group of the year laying in bed in a motel in BFE, Montana. And so then the next day, we've got a flight out to Washington to to hunt with Matt Judy. And uh, and I've got an uncle that lives in Washington, pretty close to where we were hunting. And by this time, I'm sick. Like, Like, dude, it hurts to move. I had to get up and drive myself to the pharmacy to get medicine. And I didn't know if I was going to make it back. I was bad sick. And so we got to Washington, and I was like, okay, well, I'm going to kick it with my uncle for a few days and stay in the bed. Um, the hunting's pretty big out here anyways, from what I hear. So I'm just going to I'm gonna kick it on this one. So they dropped me off at my uncle's house, and the next morning they go and land, like, 2,000 widgeon.
0: I'm sure you remember I that video. I saw that video. Wild. Dude. Wild.
2: They sent me that video, like, the next morning I'm laying in bed. He, he FaceTimed me. Asher FaceTimed me. He was like, what's up, dude? How you feeling? I was like, oh, I feel terrible, whatever. He was like, dude, check out this pile. That was one volley. I was like, dude, stop. He's like, no, for real. I'll send you the video. And sure enough, they landed. Like, dude, I don't even know how many they were, but set them down and and ground swat them. Uh, you know, I have nothing against it. Um, I know no. people got their different viewpoints, but if you've if you've landed the birds in the decoys, you've done your job. So I'm not gonna hate on yeah. ground swatting yeah. the duck. Yeah, take that
0: safety off and let it fly, baby. We're big water swatters over mm-hmm. here. Somewhere. I hear you, man. Yeah, I saw I that, I saw that, it. I saw that video, that was nuts, but it can't continue if you got any more.
2: Man, that's, pretty much, I was just sick, I I was sick the rest of that trip, and they picked me, picked me back up, and got a flight home, and I came home, and I was going through the airport in Seattle, and I remember walking through the <laughs> airport with my, um, you know, with my bags and everything, and everybody's wearing these masks, and all the TVs say, coronavirus, blah, 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 and I'm like, yeah, right, you know, it's just another Ebola, and uh <laughs> and then here we are haven't been to Walmart in 4 months because of coronavirus so yeah right yeah and
0: it blew up man i think i had it uh, the last week in the duck season in arkansas i was really? at the, i was staying at my guide's uh place and and man i went to bed that night and woke up and i was on fire i that literally is. thought i literally thought i was literally on fire i'm like i'm going to yeah. die i'm going to die right here in arkansas which i'm not I, i'm not I, it's okay if i die here in arkansas i'm do, i'm doing what i love doing but in the next day was the last season. The uh, yeah. I'm sorry, the next day was the last day of duck season. I'm like, I am not missing the last day. So man, I, bu- I bucked cool. up and went out there, and man. I had the flu. Came ho- came back to Nashville, four hour drive after the morning hunt, and Ooh. I thought I was gonna die.
2: Were you driving or riding? Driving, dude. I can't by imagine
0: my, the way myself. I was
2: feeling at that time. If it was either drive four hours <laughs> home or die, I probably would have died. Dude, I promise I've never been that <laughs> sick in my life.
0: Me neither, dude. I don't get sick. I got a healthy immune system. Runs in the family. I do, not
2: I, I haven't been sick in years until
0: this year. I'll the only people I,
1: I'll, I are getting corona are the ones that say, I don't get sick, dude. Exactly.
0: <laughs> yeah. Yeah. yeah, no, that was me. That was me. Yeah. One one more thing, okay, uh, and I actually just – I wrote it on my notes um, yeah, while we were talking. Give us a quick rundown of the this... – Sick plane you guys have that you take everywhere. How the D- in the world? Jake, we need a plane. We need new jobs because we got to get a plane. <laughs> we can land it on some airstrip in Arkansas and and just pay them monthly, but we gotta get one because that is the way to go. Tell us about the plane.
2: Preaching Austin. The DB one um I think it's assist ah man, I'm not a big plane guy, but I think it's a Cessna 182. Um, Forrest Carpenter, he's our pilot, very, very talented guy, um, great photographer, even better pilot, um, and an even better human being. He's a great guy all around. But so he flies us around in that thing. And and that trip I was talking about earlier when I went to West Texas, my my second trip with Dive Bomb. Um, that was the first time I got to ride in the in the DB one and dude, it's quite an experience. Um, you know, flying internationally, or not internationally, but flying Man, I don't even know what they call it, in the airports on real planes. You know, you lose cell service, and you're up there for two hours not doing anything. <laughs> well, in this, plane, in this plane, you've still got cell service. You're up there sending Snapchats to your girlfriend while you're flying across the state. Uh, it's pretty cool, dude. We took it to Kansas last year. Um, let's see. When was that? Man, my days run together. But we went out there, and we hunted with wing chasers, and uh, we shot like 100 snow geese one day, and we had a hell of a spread. It was, I think we had 130 dozen out. And uh, Forrest is a great hunter. And the way he set this spread um, was a lot different than a lot of guys will. Um, and A lot of guys run their, run their decoys. He, he made it real natural and uh, we spaced it out throughout this huge field. And uh, basically we didn't even have a kill hole. We just, we just had our decoys out there and it ended up working for us. But so we had this sick, this sick spread and uh, we just shot a hundred geese that morning. So that afternoon we were like, well, we don't even got a scout. We're shooting traffic geese. We're just gonna leave the spread and hunt again tomorrow. So that afternoon, we didn't have anything to do, so we took the plane up, and uh, and I took some pictures of the spread from the plane. That was pretty cool.
0: That's pretty sweet, man. That and the, obviously the plane, everyone knows on social media, it is it is the uh, it's the duck ride for sure. It <laughs> yeah. is it is the waterfowl and traveling ride for sure. It's almost a, it's
2: shirt. almost as cool as the shirt.
0: Yeah, it's good. <laughs> <laughs> that thing is sick, dude. That thing, that thing is, is a beast. Well, man, I appreciate you coming on. Um, you know, I really wanted to, when I started this thing, I know I reached out to you in the beginning and said, dude, I need you on. This is going to be a, a guide slash, you know, media podcast. And I wanted you to come on. So I'm so happy you took time out of your day to come on and, uh, and talk to the viewers. So this is going to be a sweet episode. And uh, I can't wait for it to drop.
2: Yeah, man. Thanks for having me. It's been a great time and uh let's get on some turkeys next year
0: yeah we definitely do we'll uh take take us to one of your famous arkansas duck holes and maybe we can make that that, uh, turkey hunt work out we can do it man (laughs) everybody uh next week um we got a pretty uh a pretty uh a pretty big guest um next week i'm pretty shocked that he actually committed to coming on here um because we are uh you know we're just a couple good old boys talking through a microphone on the podcast, but we got Ryan Warden coming on next week. Everyone, uh, if, you know, if you've been in the waterfowl uh, industry, you know who Ryan Warden is, and uh, he's taking time out of his day, out of his night to come on, and we're pumped. Um, so we're going to have Ryan Warden on next week. Make sure you don't miss it. And uh, everybody, dog days of summer. Let's grind them out. Duck season will be here soon enough. Later.